1: How's New Zealand going? Uh, it's pretty good. I'm in Da Nang, Vietnam, um, where the Americans like, landed on this beautiful beach and set up a bloody helicopter helicopter base.
2: That's cool. it's crazy.
1: Like part of the helicopter base is still there. It's pouring down rain today, but it's just insane that this beautiful part of the world would be like, uh, yeah, taken over by. A military zone. For, I guess that's all war zones, really, aren't they? I mean, every place in the world was beautiful until war came there. But especially here on the. I watched. Um, anyway, uh, I'm on the beach. That's why I wanted to brag about. Last
2: night I watched the film Vice. Tell you what. Oh, brainy. Check that, check that film out. I thought it was really good. Can Highly recommended. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You just said that. You just went. If you beast. can
1: hear me, and I can hear you, then you know what that means.
2: It's showtime. Welcome to episode 17, season two, advanced analytics. Uh, Yeah, welcome. That's the end of that sentence.
1: Nike released uh, um, a shoe that uh, automatically laces. Yeah. Today. A basketball shoe. We're not believe it or not, we're not being paid to talk about this. Nike's not promoting the um shoe through uh, uh obscure New Zealand NBA based um, crap talk podcasts. But um you've seen? have you seen it? Yeah. I'm gutted. I reckon basketball shoe design is, is in a dark place, eh? I can't see many models from the current years being like immortalized like say an air force one or a lebron uh sorry not a lebron not many lebrons are really immortal a jordan or a um even like the early 2000s questions or even i wish i could buy some retro t-max like i don't know like i i, I know they'll be nostalgic right. for kids who grew up in this generation but like yeah i think the self-lacing shoe a little bit disappointing to be honest
2: yeah well it's it's a pretty crazy concept, right? Because here's the thing. On paper, when I first hear that, I'm like, amazing. I need this shoe. Yeah. But then when you really think about it, you're like, it's such a massive kind of task to, 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 <laughs> to, to, to design a shoe that can self-lace for such a – um like the problem it's solving is so small and not really a problem. <laughs> like never before it a basketball like game some, am yeah. I like, oh, I wish – I didn't have to bend down and tie up my shoelaces, it, you know, maybe people with bad backs, but then you've still got to reach down and press the button. So
1: so it'll be interesting to, see, yeah, it doesn't really solve anything. They, sh- they need to give you like a remote with the shoes. Well, actually it does come with an bought, app.
2: It, you can't, you get an app for it. So maybe you can do them up with the app. Maybe that is a, a thing. I know there are buttons on the side as well.
1: Jason Tatum was featured, in a few other like NBA like young guns was featured. Cool guys, I think was a um, the guy for the Kings as well. Man, I need to learn the Darren names of the players Fox. of the NBA for an NBA based podcast. The, the, so a, co- a bunch of cool young guys. I bet they wish Jason Tatum was having a better season. Um, were featured in the ad. I guess being like the new face of Nike athletes, the new wave, and. Um, It'll be interesting to see if they actually wear them on court because this will be desired just like the, 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 the they did a casual shoe previously that did the same thing. Um, mm. But yeah, it's going to be weird to see if they actually wear it on court. But uh, like previous like big gimmicks that Nike has released, like the air bubble and um, shocks, I was there during... Mm. Oh, I wanted shocks so bad when I was a kid. Like um, I feel like they... Um, part of the success of those shoes... Was more the design, like the weirdness looking of the Air Bubble, or the classic oh, for sure. shape of the Air Force One, or the Shox BB Four was a cool looking shoe of its time. Probably not a timeless design, but I still want a pair. You know, like it's just nostalgic. Um, whereas this is such a conservative design, and maybe in different colours it'll look better, but um, it's such a conservative looking. Kind of bulky DC looking skate shoe mm-hmm. that I can't imagine that well, like pe- the people are really going to go for the look. I yeah. don't know. I'm getting too deep into it. I'm getting yeah, worked it up. It is
2: it is weird because especially since so it was designed by Tinker Hatfield. Am I right, or do you not know?
1: Uh, the last one was I'm not. I don't I, actually. I don't know. I don't. I, I, I doubt it. He pr- has I think designed a good. I think shoe it was well, like the, the video I watched. Twelve,
2: but the video I watched was him talking about it, and in that he talks about when yeah. he was brought into. Back to the Future to design, he just said, like, to design some gizmos or something. Yes, and he designed the Nike mag. How cool are those in comparison to these? It's like, why don't you just make another (laughs) kind of loosely inspired, like, just make it super futuristic. You know
1: some um, NBA players would play a game in the Back to the Future shoes if they were at all. And I know they released some a few years ago. I remember, t- was it Tiny Temper who bought the first pair for like $50,000 oh. to donate to charity? I think it was But Kid like the, the mag, oh, maybe Kid Cudi bought the first American pair and Tiny Temper bought the first British pair. I don't know. My point is that like if they were at all playable in a game, you know someone would try and wear it like P- yes. PJ Tucker or the- something. Anyway, it's a bit disappointing the, um, not they the self-issue shoes that we thought it would be.
2: Remember they released those Hyperdunks in that back to the future colorway. Anyway, let's move that's on. P- that's a perfect example of how about.
1: shoes just are worth nothing. Yeah.
2: Um Okay, let's move on. Uh what to talk about? What about to today? Uh the there was a big You've got a seg- rev- you, you're going to segue.
1: If you got a host, you've got to talk about the week in review. You got to go like it's time for the week in review.
2: Ah. Uh, well, I thought we were in it, because you talked about the shoes already. You went straight into the shoes.
1: Nah, you, no, you do pre-chat, and then you do the week in review.
2: Okay, well, it's time for the week in review. We no, too late. I've already done it. This thing's already played. No, it isn't. I've, I put it in, so I'm going to put it in after I said it. Okay, so today, I feel like the big story today was the 76ers versus the Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler... Against his old team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, we—I uh, assume all the listeners know the the uh, what happened there.
1: Oh, they know. Our listeners are some of the most intelligent, educated. Like they're like analytics freaks. Like Zach Lowe probably listens to this podcast.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Exactly. Don't steal our ideas, Zach. We've got we've got good takes.
2: Most of our listeners are based in Silicon Valley, and they all um, <laughs> are developing apps. Um. Okay, the Wolves versus the 76ers. I don't have the score, but it was a hiding. Like It was like a 40-point blowout. The 76ers scored like 150 points or something. And Jeff Teague said this after the game. That, was not, that wasn't no normal game. Them dudes was at our heads. Jimmy wanted to beat us. We all know that. Joel Embiid wanted to beat Kat. That ain't a normal game. Um, I didn't really watch it, but it was kind of interesting.
1: <laughs> i just read one i just read one quote it's the um uh a, a bad loss for the twenty thirty two 32 year old coach uh ryan saunders but he's got two after having to play greg popovich next he's got two matches with the Suns coming up, which he must be very excited about um yeah it's fine nba blowouts happen it's not the only one today the golden state warriors yes. beat the crap out of the nuggets as well right
2: Yes, so Golden State, the number two seed Golden State was taking on the number one seed Nuggets. I was excited for it. I knew Gary Harris was out for the Nuggets because he plays for my fantasy team. But Golden State came out fiery with 51 points in the first quarter and Mm. killed the Nuggets basically. That's insane. Um, yeah. The
1: Nuggets did all right as well. Didn't the Nuggets have like 37? It was just well, they yep. put up a, like a record number of I quarter s- points. Yes. They was- were on track
2: for 200 points. I don't think the Nuggets played bad. I mean, possibly maybe their D was lacking because they gave up 51 points. But someone just pointed out that they were shooting <laughs> – like at the end of the first quarter, they were shooting a really good percentage. They had like hard, They had like no turnovers. Like they weren't playing bad. No. But,
1: but this is the mystery of the Nuggets. This is the mystery of the Nuggets, right? Because traditionally, in recent years and historically, they've been a all offense, fast paced team. And this mm. year, while also having a stunning offense, they also have a stunning defense. And I don't know how that's possible. You know, people crap on Jokic's defense, but he's gotten better. But it's just it seems like a bit of an outlier, and it's hard to imagine them. As I say, I crap on them every week. Our friend Andrew loves them, and I. I just find it hard to believe they're gonna be any good. But it is it's good to see them playing so well. I don't think you can read too much into these blowouts though. Like I mean yeah. th- the Nuggets have beaten the Warriors I think twice already this season and I didn't Yeah read that to thinking that the Nuggets would better than the Warriors. So I'm not gonna take this yes. to think that the uh w- w- yeah, the other way around. Um here's yeah. my hot take though. Speaking of heat, um I'm so proud of this idea that I wrote it down. Hear me out. I think this year's NBA season, with the exception of James Harden, who has to go hundy because he is um, propping up a very injured team that also was playing bad when they weren't injured, this season is like the 1,500-metre final in the um, Olympics. Now, the 1500 Mm -hmm. meters. Uh, in athletics, for people who don't know, is known as like a blue ribbon event. It's like it's like the 100 metre sprint. It's like one of those, in the marathon, it's like one of those events that legends win. Think of all the legends that you've heard of over the last few years that have won the 1500 metres. For example, I can't think of any right now. Oh no, actually, some New Zealanders, John Walker and um, that old guy who won it when the, the, Hitler was, the
2: Hitler. What about won. Mo Farah? Jack Did Lovelock. Jack Mo Farah won 1500 have
1: he, have. he might have won it at, at some stage. I think in more recent, in the last Olympics, he went to a longer distance, but possibly. The 1500 right. is a glamour event. I'm interested in it because childhood friend of ours, Julian Matthews, runs it for New Zealand, and um, New Zealand's had moderate success with um, uh, Old Mate. That guy, who's that guy who lives in Michigan? Did the um, story about his addiction to Willis. pornography.
2: Nick Willis.
1: Nick Willis. I feel bad. I like Nick Willis, and I feel bad about mentioning the pornography thing. It's just weird. Um, anyway, um, uh, the 1500 is a great say event. about Mo Farah. Nick, Al- Nick Willis is a great guy. Mo, Mo Farah is a great honestly, guy. Okay, can you I just you say, say, you've
2: been talking about the... Fi- I've zoned out, because you've been talking about the 1500 metres for 15 minutes now, and... No, I'm going to relate back. I'm coming back, man. I'm bringing it yeah, back. But cl- I'm, you've, I'm you've, roping you've it just, in. You've just been listing facts about the 1500 metres for longer than it would take me to run the 1,500 metres.
1: Interesting 100
2: for a start, no. And secondly, interesting facts about the 1,500. Oh, I zoned out because I was like, I don't know what this is. But um, I just want to say I I use the Nike running app. I go for runs basically most days at the moment um, in the summer and got to get shredded for swims, and then I go swimming after. But uh, on the app, they always have celebrities – Usually, well, celebrity athletes usually, although it used to always often be El- Ellie Golding, but um, and they will congratulate you on their run. And Mo Farah's one is like, "Wow, hi there, Mo Farah, man! Seeing you do this run now, now I've got to get out there. Like, you're you're making me look bad. <laughs> I got to get out there." And I was like, just shocked that Mo Farah like sits in London or wherever. Watching <laughs> my run results and that's like affecting his day and like he has to then go out and run, it's crazy.
1: Wow. Yeah, I I had no idea. And how scary is the surveillance technology that he's using to watch you as well. Mm. Um anyway, back to me talking about the fifteen hundred. Okay, this okay. year's season is like the fifteen hundred race. And in the final of the Olympics, the fifteen hundred, despite being a glamour event, is a disaster. And it's a disaster because this is what everyone does. Basically, they try and slow the race down, unless they're a really top athlete. But this is normally what happens in the in the goal. They're also nervous. They run the first three laps really slow, and then they just sprint the fourth lap. It's a, it's terrible. It's terrible to watch. You're better off watching like the heats or when people are going for world records at world championship events when they um they try and set actual times as opposed to the final where they just try and win the medal and they don't care how slow they do it. And um, literally, our friend Julian, who got knocked out in the qualifying stages of the Olympics, he ran a faster time when he got knocked out than the gold medal winner from the Rio Olympics. You may need to fact check that, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty close to being true. American guy just limped around probably on drugs and then just like, you know, managed to have enough kick down the last hundred to win it. This is what the NBA season has become, I think. Wow. Wow, what a link. So my theory is, everyone right now is basically pacing in a pack. You know, Raptors leave their their players are so careful on in injuries. You know, they risk quite so much. They um they give their players their star players a long time coming back from injury. Boston is clearly like figuring things out. Golden State is um. Just bumbling along, having a bit of a laugh. Well, not that much of a laugh. They actually had some tension earlier in the year, but like these teams aren't taking the regular season that seriously because it's not that important.
2: Well, well, can I pause you and say you've listed like I reckon like some of the few exceptions, but what about every other team Mm. in the West apart from Golden State, really?
1: Oh well, no, those teams. You're right; those teams are. I would describe that um, as every team sprinting
2: for. I'd, I'd I'd picture that as a fifteen hundred where everyone's but those, going yeah, okay okay, and okay elbowing Portland, each other, tripping each other.
1: Okay, the Portland Trailblazers are trying hard. The Denver Nuggets are trying hard. Who gives a toss? They're not good. No one. No one's taking them seriously. They're going to lose to the Pelicans or something in the first round. Like they don't matter. The like this is the thing. Like yeah, okay. The the crap kickers are trying hard, um, but the 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 serious contenders like the Warriors. Just have you know the you know they got the the car in second gear just cruising through the regular season the best yeah, that they can. I disagree. Using it as I don't a think they've been curve. cruising.
2: I've been watching. Uh, you don't think I so? mean, I haven't been watching them play, but I've been watching the stats of just one player, Stop Clay Thompson. mentioning How
1: little basketball you watch, and just pretend like you're an expert, yeah?
2: Well, Clay Thompson has been bad all year. He's been bad. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that's fully yeah. his fault because he's usually not a guy to really dribble the ball around and drive in and whatnot. He's usually quite a c- kind of catch and shoot guy. And so I don't think yeah. it's necessarily his fault. He's probably getting, people are saying he's taking bad shots, contested, where he's having to fade away and stuff. And suddenly yeah. he's he's getting good now. So I think they're, they're just, they're figuring things out now. But I don't think they would. Yeah, Not that uh, they weren't trying. In
1: many ways, some might say they're, they've taken a relaxed approach to the season, they're cruising through it and just slowly coming up to pace,
2: getting ready for the playoffs. Okay, is that the end of the 1500-meter bit?
1: Like a 1500-meter like a, like a runner cruising the first three and then getting ready to sprint, and that's all I can say. And it annoys well, me that NBA pundits are starting to rate other teams other than the Warriors – because they'll get their crap together by the time the playoffs come around, and it's like watching the Lakers in 2000, 2001 era, two thousand and two, when they were just way too good for everyone and didn't really need to try. Shaq wouldn't even start the okay. season remotely in shape. Okay,
2: huh? yeah, okay, and like a like a bad fifteen hundred meter runner, that that sentence took twelve minutes. Okay, um. It's time for the next topic. Oh, maybe Blake Griffin uh, returned to the Clippers. And boy, did he have the ultimate revenge game. And it started before the game even began. Okay, he goes over. He's shooting a warm-up shots. He. It's time for him to go back to the locker room. Who's there on the sideline, trying, ready to shake his hand? Clippers owner, Steve Barmer. He walks towards them, says what looks to be Blake and he's got his hand extended for a handshake. Blake turns, seeming, well, he kind of at least acts like he doesn't see him, and then sprints away into the locker room, ignoring him. He then goes on to score 44 points, six points off his career high, and a Pistons win.
1: Anything? So the key detail there is that he scored 44 points, and when um, Barmer tried to shake his hand, he sprinted away, avoiding him, and then pretended like, it wasn't something he did on purpose. Yes, um, in the post, post game he said he always Blake...
2: does. In the post game he said he always does that sprint away, and anyone who yeah. knows a, him yeah. knows that.
1: What a dick! This is why I stopped supporting the um, Clippers because he is such a, a dick. But so you on think Blake Griffin hand, is in the good run. on him? Yes. No, 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 well, you- no, no, I think Blake Griffin's a dick, and this is classic dickheadery behaviour. Him pretending without like any with com complete sincerity that it was just like a accident, but also good on him for um doing it, because the Clippers and Barmer did sh- did shaft him a little bit. They gave a massive contract. They did the right thing on their behalf, but they were ruthless about it and did kind of lie to him a little bit. But so good on Blake Griffin, but also he's a dick. I see both sides of it, and it is funny that he scored forty-four um points on, on them. It's so interesting how players um uh play so well against their former teams so frequently and put up these amazing stats. Um tr- they try really hard, they bring that playoff intensity um to their uh uh to their like like r- like 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 the Sixers destroying the um Timberwolves today.
2: Okay. Um, lastly, in many in ways, review, he's
1: like a 1,500-meter runner who has been taking the first few laps slowly, but then please, when he sees the clippers, okay. puts the sprint
2: on. Please. Okay. Um, lastly, I just wanted to briefly talk about Inez uh, cantor who was in the news a couple times recently, this week really. Firstly, he... Um, I saw this f-
1: in the rundown, and I can't wait to hear Paul's take on the... Um, the socio-political situation in uh, Turkey.
2: Well, actually, I was going to start with Inez Cantor. He ate like 11 hot um, burgers or something. He filmed that video (laughs) and he's like, I've got four with egg and I've got five regular ones and then one with double cheese or something. And I got some fries. And that was like the video. And he was like, yum, it's my cheat day. And then the next day he missed practice due to illness. And I thought that was quite funny. But then uh,
1: uh yeah, and got a DNP um Burgers.
2: Yes, DNP Burgers. But um he said he would not go to their London game for the international NBA games, uh, because he was he was scared of Turkey. He was scared of Turkey. And he's come out and spoken yeah. against um the dictator and I've his name, Eragon or whatever. Uh, the dictator in Turkey and his family has been. I, I want to
1: correct you, but then I realize I can't say his name out loud either. I don't know. Plus, he'll probably he's probably surveilling this podcast.
2: Iridigon, um, yeah, Iridigon or something. Well,
1: um, he there's a lot of other reasons why I shouldn't go. Um, most notably, that the London games are such a crock of shit, and the Knicks should be relegated. Um It's such a shame they can't give the Lon- London game to two decent teams. It's very frustrating. Who are, Who are they playing? They playing? The
2: Knicks? Dunno.
1: But any game with the Knicks is basically not worthwhile with Porzingis out, as far as I can say. But I don't I don't think it was a I don't think it was an important matchup. But um he's right to be uh afraid uh, yes. of
2: the uh, sad news
1: of this, so it makes sense.
2: The sad news yeah. is that Hido Turkulu on Twitter posted a letter he'd written. Um Rubbishing his Cantor uh, and saying, we know that the reason he's not able to go to countries is due to visa issues he's had since 2017. In other words, Cantor cannot enter the UK, not because he fears for his life, as he claims, but due to passport and visa issues. And uh, I was really sad to see this, because Hito is an Orlando Magic legend. And I feel like he's in... I don't know the situation entirely, but I feel like he's absolutely in the wrong here. And Cantor did bum him out by sending him a photo of his visa saying, I can travel anywhere I want.
1: A a lot of dudes are lovable just because um, they're probably idiots, but they don't speak English good. So you assume that um, they're kind of good people because you can't really understand what they're saying half the time. And I think Hedo Turkoglu falls into this camp probably a bit of an idiot, clearly friends with like the Turkish regime and um, constantly supporting them. Um, he is also one of the few players that I know in my lifetime to be banned, along with OJ Mayo, to be like banned from the NBA for for, for, for doping, which is um, no, pretty special. You're, you're considering actually slightly wrong the there. Because... Players.
2: Wasn't OJ Simpson, though, or wasn't OJ, um, not Simpson, Mayo, banned OJ for Mayo, marijuana? Yeah. I don't think his was well, I thought it was um, an...
1: Sizzurp. No, but he oh, was still maybe, banned for
2: drugs. Just Yeah, right, right. But yeah. it wasn't like... If I hear My point Dolphin, is, it's
1: weird how I'm the NBA out, doesn't... So. We've brought this up before, but it's weird how the NBA doesn't um, uh, suspend players for performance enhancing, but just occasionally a weird fringe player who you forgot was even in the yes. NBA will get banned, even though it seems like they've got no performance en- enhancing. Any more um, comments on the Turkey uh, political situation? Nah,
2: man, I I know nothing about it.
1: Um, Zach, or something you do know about, Zach Lowe, not long after your hot takes on Russell Westbrook, as you call him, um, Zach Lowe, did you see um, confirmed uh what you'd been thinking by calling him one of the, like, the worst three-point shooters in
0: I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: NBA history, talking about his shot selection being something that would make Anton Walker, famous jacker of shots, embarrassed.
2: Yeah, I'm with him. Anyway, um, I just thought, I think thought that... you should know. Cool. Um, I think it's that time. Right about that time for the stars to roll on out.
0: I used to be jealous
1: of
2: We're back, baby.
1: What a roller coaster for the Magic!
2: Yeah, so we've, we won back-to-back games for those of you who, who haven't been following the results. For any,
1: new, for any new listeners who might be thrown off by your amazing um, intro music, considering it references pretty much all players who are no longer um, on the team, can you explain what Magic Mayhem is?
2: It's just a segment about the magic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow, yeah. you, you have such passion and description for the uh, amazing segment.
2: Yeah, it's the highlight of the show. Why are we mucking around when we're in it? Let's just enjoy it while we're in it. Um, okay, so firstly, the Magic come back to win at home 105-103 against the Boston Celtics. An incredible team victory. What, what a win. What a bunch of guys. Then, the next caused day… caused
1: Boston to, like, self-destruct… Yes. Um, with Kyrie yelling at Gordon Hayward, visibly upset on the court and having to apologize and kind of yes. say he wouldn't do it again in public. It's interesting how losses to the Magic do that to teams. Like, it's once you lose to the Magic, you're well, like, well, oh, the whole thing's coming apart. It's it's rock bottom for most teams losing to you guys.
2: No, it's it's hard for some teams to understand. Because, like, so Kyrie got mad because I've seen a video of that play that they ran. And... yeah previously he hasn't made the first pass he hasn't made that first pass and then they've passed it to the big who would hand off to Kyrie cutting to the hoop and Kyrie wanted that he didn't get it but here's the thing sometimes you just come up against a better team and when that happens you can't be mad and turn on your teammates you've just got to say they're a hell of a squad we did good we came close.
1: Was that to was that to break a five game losing streak?
2: For the magic. Uh correct. Yeah. they lost they had a bad one in five road trip. Uh, you know, it was relatively tough schedule. Um especially since you say like, oh, they played Sacramento, but I remember Sacramento were the best team I've ever seen in any game, that game. Yeah, um yeah, but then the next yeah. day they had Houston and the the red hot Houston without Chris Paul, but red hot with James Harden. Everyone, all anyone was talking about was James Harden. Oh, he scored 40 points, blah, blah, blah. Okay, they came in and the magic just embarrassed them. James Harden had a shocker. He shot like one from a 1,000 or something. And the crazy thing is, is just the next day, everyone was back to um, singing Harden's praises again because he had another big game. And it was like, man, everyone just forgot yesterday. Like he still had like nearly forty points or something, but like horrible efficiency. Yeah,
1: no, no, no. So, 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 no. So James Harden against the Magic shot one from seventeen, and I just thought this was interesting because I saw that. And then, of course, before you jump on hating on him, he picks it back up the um, the next game. And I think that's the shame about analytics in a way. And I'm going coming up and tease for Guy. I've been thinking, which is going to be another ripper today. Um. Uh, it's, I think it's because I'm going to up analytics. In this segment, I'd just like to say the analytics can be a little bit disappointing because you see a game like one from 17, and you think, well, it's the crisis for James Harden. But of course, you know that he's going to have a stellar shooting game soon and that generally he shoots threes at a pretty good clip. So, you know, why have any. It takes away those knee jerk reactions that kind of make basketball. Fun, those hot takes that this podcast kind of thrives on, and it's kind of a shame, you know? Like, and that's why I kind of don't get when you talk about Russell Westbrook, I don't get too excited about it because I know that he's gonna come through. He might he'll probably start shooting less threes, but he's gonna come through in the end. And you know Harden if he goes one for seventeen, it is gonna write itself. Just statistically, it's so probable.
2: Yeah. But um anyway, great wins for the magic. <laughs> and the big news <laughs> yesterday was uh that supposedly someone tweeted, maybe, I can't remember who, a reliable source tweeted that the Mavericks were looking to trade Dennis Smith Jr. No! And two yeah. of the, the parties supposedly interested, one of them was the Orlando Magic, one was the Phoenix Suns. And No, don't do it. Yeah, mate, we're not going to. But I thought we it was... We probably will. No, I, I, I honestly don't think we will. I don't think he fits our what our GM likes at all but um Dennis Smith jr. yeah it's just, it's annoying seeing people online talk about what people are like yeah the magic will trade um Jonathan Isaac for him and I was like I absolutely don't see that happening like if we wanted him over Jonathan Isaac we literally could have picked him in the draft like we picked we literally couldn't have chosen Jonathan Isaac over Dennis Smith jr any more than we did but um People on Magic Reddit, uh, a lot of people were super disappointed when we didn't draft Dennis Smith Jr. And now still is so excited at the possibility of us getting him. And I think he's – I've got massive red flags about him. I was shocked De- Dallas took him to begin with. And now he absolutely feels like a bad fit, I think, with Doncic. And I think he's Russell Westbrook 2.0, and I don't rate Russell Westbrook. And Russell Westbrook's very good. Well, people like him, but I, I don't I don't rate him. If and he was
1: Russell Westbrook, that's a huge compliment, you idiot.
2: I, I literally just said I don't rate Russell Westbrook, so not a compliment. Yeah, I know, but
1: but everyone else in the world does. You're a nutter. Okay. I've got an email coming up asking for more um, OKC chat, and I'm like, you get it every week with Paul's bizarre takes on Russell Westbrook.
2: Today, the Thunder gave up 45 points in the second quarter to the Atlanta Hawks. And then in the fourth yeah. quarter, gave up forty five points again to the Atlanta Hawks, losing to the Atlanta it Hawks. It doesn't
1: matter; it's the regular season. Teams just throw away games. It's eighty two okay. games long. And okay, well, sorry, this okay, let's, points let's back look at the to my point. Then. This points back to my point that this season is a fifteen hundred meter race.
2: Okay, well let's go back to the the, the last. Drop. Let's go back to the last um, five hundred meters of last year's fifteen hundred meters where the Thunder lost, got dominated by the Utah Jazz and bombed out of the second round. And let's go back to the sprint the year before that, where I can't even remember what the OKC Thunder did, but it definitely wasn't Mm. a finish podium. Okay. What about
1: when they made it to the the Western Conference Finals with Westbrook and Durant?
2: Cool. And what happened?
1: They took the Warriors. They had two MVPs.
2: They had two MVPs and they lost. Okay. Um,
1: what about the Warriors? They had four All Stars and then lost to. They they lost to the Cavs then after that.
2: Yeah, Draymond got suspended. What's your Andrew logic? Teams,
1: teams lose games. People have bad seasons. Like it's all right. And I just wouldn't. You, it's going to come back to sting you in the ass hating on Russell Westbrook too hard. Mm. Anyway, this isn't about Russell I'm Westbrook. Confident. This is about the Magic and how great they're going.
2: Yeah, I know. Well, that's why it's weird for you to get so fired up in the middle of Magic Mayhem about (laughs) Russell Westbrook. (laughs) Don't Um, let your
1: hatred of Westbrook stop your love of the Magic, who are just somehow blazing. Like, I hate when people call things a roller coaster, but the Magic, the only way to describe uh, them is that they're just up, then they're down.
2: It's done for the episode.
1: Is it time uh, for. No more. (laughs) What's it time for then? Is it time for um, emails?
2: I don't. I don't care. I don't <laughs> like the segment. Go into it.
1: You don't like emails, nah. Are you going to play the emails music?
2: I don't think there there is none.
1: All right, I'll get I'll get you some jolly emails to um uh to pick you right back up. Um, oh first it's a fa- it's a it's a um a fa- a Facebook um a Facebook comment, not a Facebook comment. A um we don't have a Facebook page, or do we? It's a um, Reddit comment from Daddy Fat Sex 27. I love that username. It sounds like the lamest username of all time, but I love Big Boy and I love the album. Um, uh, what's it called? The Son of Rico Dusty? Chico Dusty. It's called Sir Lucius Left Foot, The Life of Chico Dusty. The Son
2: of and Chico Daddy Dusty. And Daddy Fat Sex
1: is a song on that album. Is it The Life or The Son? The Son, I'm pretty sure, isn't it? What? Whatever, whatever it is, it's one of the best rap album names of all time. It's from Big so Boy Outcast. It's sun. called "Of Chico Tusty. Such yeah. a f- oh, is it volume two as well, even though there's not a volume one or a, pr- a preceding like his other albums of that didn't reference. Anyway, um, shout out to Daddy Fat Sex Twenty Seven. Great Big Boy reference. Great album. Everyone should check it out. It's underappreciated, I reckon. Um, he, he he writes talk about OKC more on your damn podcast. I think we get uh, too much OKC, if anything. And um, he said, talk about hammocks more, um, referencing the fact that we have advertised a hammock after we got a hammock-based business um, suggestion via the email. A guy wanted to promote his hammocks. I've forgotten the name of his hammocks business now, so I can't promote them more. But shout out to hammocks. They're a hell of a product and a hell of a way to um, relax. Um, Reminder, if you want to contact us in any way, I I don't check my Reddit comments that much, so guyandpaul at gmail.com is the best way to do it. We've got some great emails coming in, and I thought what you should do, Paul, because one of your talents is judging a, a player's success based on their name, their success in the NBA. Find out what our emailers' chances of success in the NBA will be based on their name. The first one comes from a person called Riley Boyce.
2: Riley Boyce. Yeah, possibly.
1: I reckon Riley sounds like a good NBA player, but Boyce not so much. It's just not a name a name that's probably not very American for that reason. Yeah, right. There's a few names, obviously, like African American names, and then any name that ends with a "vich," like a Eastern European name, that puts you like way up the rankings in terms of chance of making the NBA. Riley Boyce, yeah. right? Good R- guys. Riley Boyce, L- is,
2: Riley Boyce will be like a white three point specialist shooter, stand in the corner.
1: Uh, um. Yeah, possibly. He writes, G'day, guys. Love the podcast. More of an NFL fan than NBA, but want to say that guy I've been thinking is the greatest segment. Thank you, Riley. I'm not running this myself. Also, love Magic Mayhem. Keep up the mahi. That's Māori for work. Regards, Riley Boyce. There's actually no question there. I'm sorry I read that out and for wasting your time. Andrew Scott, this is the guy we gave shit for having an extra email. I did. Um, He writes in another great question. Um, He writes... Do you guys have rules when it comes to buying or wearing player jerseys? He was referencing Paul having Biombo reference in his Magic Mayhem song, even though the Magic Mayhem has left the team. Do you guys have rules when it comes to buying or wearing player jerseys, especially long after they have left the team? For example, back, uh, back in the day, there were heaps of Iverson Philly jerseys around. He was traded to Denver, so wearing a Philly jersey seemed a bit weird for a few years. And now it's like highly valued because Iverson is a Philly legend. Like, what are your views on like wearing a jersey after the player's gone?
2: They're totally fine, but well, it depends. I think if like uh, when I see people wearing Dwight Howard, I saw today I ran past a guy wearing a Dwight Howard Magic jersey, and I was like, <laughs> lame. I was like, don't wear that outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. but if you see someone wearing an Oladipo Magic jersey, cool. Uh. If That'd you be see, amazing,
1: yeah. But it's hard to get. It's hard to access that, though.
2: What do you mean it's hard to access that? What about it? a
1: LeBron? This is probably a bad example, example one because you're not a big fan of LeBron. But what about a LeBron Cavs jersey? Because I think that's all good because he's like a Cavs legend.
2: Yeah, I'd say that's okay. Um,
1: What about a Kawhi Spurs jersey?
2: Oh, I say no. That's
1: a tough one, eh?
2: I think if you're a Spurs Tony fan, Parker, you wouldn't, you wouldn't yes. wear that. Yeah, if you're a Spurs fan, you wouldn't wear that. I, I,
1: the rule is time. If Quiet switches teams 12 times and is best known for his time at the Spurs or never quite reaches the same heights, it just depends. Each situation is general. And if people want to email us, com. any questions received. But if you want to ask about your jersey, whether you should wear it, whether you should buy it, let, uh, let us know. Um, yeah, the more time uh, that goes but- by
2: as well, probably the better. Because, like… Yeah, you like know, in 10 and, and, years' time, a Dwight Howard Magic jersey will be
1: awesome because that was the best time he had in the NBA, and he's one of the Magic's like, you know, most memorable players, and he's quite a funny yeah. novelty player. So like it'll, be, it'll be awesome in a few years. Heal. But give it time. Keep it on ice. Yeah. My um, my logic is um I reckon the opposite. I reckon go out and actively buy discontinued jerseys. I'm not a big fan of DHK or like buying cheap jerseys from China. I'm just like I mean, I know there's some amazing fakes out there, but I'm like, the actual jerseys are made in the same sweatshops and they get discounted heavily when the player leaves the team. And if they leave and it's already been their peak... Then like, for example, I would be considering getting a DeMar DeRozan Raptors jersey right now just because he had great years with the Raptors. It was some of their, their best times. And mm-hmm. the jerseys are dirt cheap pretty much anywhere in the world because they seem to print too many in the offseason, not knowing that he'd get traded. Good to know that Nike doesn't deal with the transaction of players, as far as I can tell. Yeah. But uh, my theory is go on NBA.com completely. right now and buy, buy jerseys for players who have um, been uh, yes. uh, traded or yeah yes. gone away.
2: And I agree. I agree. And I think the jerseys I often seek out are kind of ones where it's like people would see that and be like, "What did he even play for that team?" You know, like for for a while, I was really desperately yeah. trying to get a um, a Anthony Bennett Minnesota Timberwolves jersey because I thought they would be so good.
1: I recently gifted Paul a Sacramento Kings Jimmer Fredette jersey. Oh, yeah. which he um, was so grateful for he didn't actually take away from well, the house. But it was quite I a good jersey. I bought it for $20 in an op shop in Sydney. I was just amazed that you're in Sydney and you see a Gemma Fidette jersey and you're like, I cannot not buy that. That is amazing. Um, so he writes, Andrew's uh, – thanks for the email, Andrew. You've got to not get an extra email, eh? Um, he writes um, – oh, by the way, Andrew Scott, chance of being an NBA player.
2: Andrew Scott. Well, he, th- you know, Michael Scott's an NBA player. So I think Andrew Scott could be like a big man – but like, he's not an all-star, but he's like a bench bl- big man, Andrew Scott.
1: No, I'd say Andrew Scott too white. The chance of making too too slim. No, I see.
2: A, um, I see. I see a black b- center playing for like the Atlanta Hawks. Who's, who's that? Like,
1: I was just about to say Atlanta Hawks because who's John that guy? Collins. There's a guy. Yeah, he's got a real plain name, John Collins. That's right. Yes, is he related during to during the, the draft? Um, Collins. That. Yeah.
2: Okay, what are you going to say? The Collins Dictionary person. What are you going to say? Who's he related to?
1: No, 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 no. Is he related to the Collins? Man, so much hostility. Um, uh, is he related to John Collins, uh, the Collins guy who was the first gay player in the NBA?
2: I don't think so. Um, okay. Anyway, what, what okay. is he doing in the draft? Oh, just I said, uh, you know, he's, ne- he's not going to be good. <laughs> His name's John Collins. He's going to be crap. And yeah. then I got proven and wrong. turned out great. John the Baptist, man. I love that guy. And he is putting up crazy good numbers currently for my fantasy team. Like pretty um, impressive scoring numbers and rebounding numbers. The defensive stats will
1: come. We're, we're running out of time. And um, uh, my my book review, that's right, I'm teasing a book review, will have to come next week. But it's time now for
2: Guy um, have Been Thinking. Guy I've Been Thinking. Guy I've Been Thinking. I've been thinking and Guy have come up with something. I've been thinking. Yeah, I've, I've been,
1: this is the segment where I, I talk about what I've been thinking, and I'm going to introduce a book review segment that's called um, Guy I've Been Reading coming up uh, next episode now because we're running out of time. But um, I know I already look like an idiot because I've already contradicted this point, but that's what a hot take artist such on my level does. Um, I think that. Analytics and advanced analytics, which a lot of people think of the scourge of basketball, I was kind of blaming it before for making games a little bit uninteresting because, you know, those like variations to the general rule aren't read as much into as they would be um, back in the day when people just went off the last game that people had played. Um, I think analytics have saved basketball. And the book I'm reading at the moment is from a former NBA player from the early 2000s who talks about that dark era when NBA players were seen as kind of like, overpaid, entitled, you know, AAU system, um, hyped celebrities who didn't care about anything but money and wearing cool necklaces and throwback football jerseys and driving hummers and didn't is, really care is there a reason about you're like, not saying, anything but points.
2: Is there a reason why you're the not name saying of the, book? the name of this player? No, the name of the player.
1: Oh, the player who wrote the book. Oh, because his name's Paul Shirley. He's not at all famous. Like, you never heard of you never heard of him. He just wrote this book about, like, being a yeah. bench, like, trying to get a 10-day contract. It was, it's, it's, yeah. I'm going to review it next week. But his, his point was he's quite negative about a few players. And it's really funny because the players he hates on went on to become stars. Like, he kind of hates on Sean Marion's expensive earrings because you know, he, when he played for the Suns. But Sean Marion, of course, went on to be, like, an all-star and, like, really good third option on legendary teams. And um, he hates on... Um, Uh, Tyson Chandler now part
2: owner of the New Zealand Breakers yeah
1: he hates on Tyson Chandler when he was with the Bulls the second worst team in the NBA and one of the worst like all time teams who went on to become NBA champion and consistent all star and still you know like long time veteran he hates on those guys um, but they, they were bad examples. But when you think of that era, you do think of a lot of players who are like this. And Anton Walker, who I mentioned earlier, the gunner for the Celtics, was a perfect example. Eddie Curry, Darius Miles, Stephen Mulberry. Maybe it's a bit unfair to put him in this category. But like players who were kind of flashy, amazing potential, like could be all time greats and never quite, you know, they would build as the next Alan Iverson or Shaquille O'Neal and just never even came close because of the kind of their like, bad attitudes. And part of yeah. that was because, you know, in the NBA, the bottom 10 teams have very little to play for, and the Chicago Bulls, when, when Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler were playing for them, were, like, just, like, going through the motions and not giving a toss whether they won or lost. Um, but now that's all changed. Because of analytics, a player's every shot is analysed. You, you hear about Kevin Durant, like, thinking about his shooting splits after every game as he tries to shoot, like, these, like, historically high-percentage seasons... And um, I think that saved the NBA. It means that players like um, uh, J- Jaheel Okafor, who can put up stats but can't score efficiently or effectively, are uh, like kind of like pushed out of the league, unfortunately. But it means that um, you know, like um, players who can do uh, who previously wouldn't be valued. Um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but maybe like a Harrison Barnes or something like that. Uh, that's a bad example because I don't really like him as a player, but like can be more valued. That guy who recently got traded from. Philadelphia is a good example of that. Um, Philadelphia Covington. to the Timberwolves. I can't remember his name, but you, you know, there's just like Covington. Covington. There's a few players like that who previously would have just been like grafted bench players who are now more valued because the analytics stats show up their defensive potential, and even on a bad team, they yeah, still have sure. something to play for. So it means that the NBA is more competitive through the back end of the season uh, and and through the back end of the um, uh, like this the table. So I think that's – anyway, my point is for Guy I've Been Thinking, uh, analytics has saved basketball because it means players care more about games that don't matter or um, playing well even if you're on a bad team.
2: Yeah. Okay. Time for Paul I think Don't it, Lie? It, I think it does have some bad stuff. Okay, yeah, time for Paul Don't Lie. And I will say no, the no, you bad can, You can say your bad stuff. Yeah, this is Paul Don't Lie. Paul Don't Lie is usually just me commenting on Guy I've Been Thinking. Um yeah. Paul don't lie. Uh the bad things is that sometimes you'll see players not throw long um full court shots because they don't want to hurt their shooting percentage. If I was a coach, I would absolutely yeah. not accept that. And if you did that, I would sit you for the rest of the game. Um but also uh you'll see guys uh you know, I'm not gonna say example like names, but um you'll see guys hunting triple doubles and averaging triple doubles for a whole season, <laughs> and not worry about um, just winning games and and winning. But that's uh, not that's
1: not advanced analytics. That's actually that's actually early two thousands basketball. Standard.
2: Like yeah, as Nokian saying, I, like averaging I, a triple I double. I think the not players, the players, the star players I dislike, I think would have been huge in the early two thousands. John Wall, prime example. Like he would have been right up everyone's alley. I mean, he's still up a lot of people's alley. Um, I don't not remember. at my alley, mate. No, neither.
1: Yeah, so I I, 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 and and the fact that it has ruled out like Russell Westbrook is very highly rated, and the triple double is an amazing accomplishment. But it is not no, I as amazing. I don't think he is anymore. Right? He was ago.
2: two se- two seasons ago. I felt Russell Westbrook was rated, and I feel like now people really don't rate him.
1: Oh yeah, I, I, I think he was, he's still like a perennial All Star and probably top 10 oh, yeah, player. Like,
2: I don't think All Stars a good thing to go off.
1: We'll, well, top 10 player.
2: Wow, anyway. Debatable.
1: Um, we, we, no more. We've done enough Russell Westbrook chat for one podcast. Sorry I've got to um, get going. Is there anything else urgently you want to fit in the podcast before we uh, wrap this up? I'm saving my book review no. till next week and so many emails. Keep the emails coming, guyimport gmail.com. I actually love the emails. It's good, good weird things to talk about. I like it.
2: Yeah. No, it would have been nice to finish Magic Mayhem, but, you know, it doesn't always go your way. And, what uh, what
1: what more magic mayhem were you going to fit in there?
2: Oh no, nah, it's fine. Sometimes, you know, sometimes someone else will get get involved and you, you got to cut it short. So it's fine.
1: Sometimes Russell Westbrook gets in there and puts up a triple double. Um, that's all for advanced analytics this week. Uh, I've been Guy Williams. I don't do that, that anymore. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Email guyandpaul at gmail.com with any any thoughts. Keep them coming. <laughs>